Welcome to Inspiring Possibilities with Michelle Cameron Coulter, the podcast that gives you the courage to jump in. Michelle and her guests will help you to break through procrastination, fear, and perfectionism by getting out of your head and eliminate the negative self-talk that's been holding you back. Finally, get the confidence to create meaningful results in every area of your life in real and tangible ways. And now your host, Michelle Cameron Coulter. Here she is. Hi. How are you doing? I'm good. How are you? Good, good. Did you get to see our Miss Kaya singing? I did. It was fabulous. She's awesome. Isn't she amazing? And, And started at nine years old and just like, she, she's beyond her years, just so for sure. young lady. I am so thrilled to have you here. Cynthia and I have crossed paths for a few years. And I think when, um, when the beginning of getting inspirational quotes and whatnot on email, you were the very first person, unstoppable. I would get your emails with your quotes every day. And I think I have a file with like thousands of them in it. So <laughs> you have just been such an inspiration to so many people. So I'm going to read a little bit of Cynthia's bio here. Is the pre- Cynthia is the president of Unstoppable Enterprises and the chief human- humanitarian officer of the Unstoppable Foundation whose mission is to ensure that every child on the planet receives access to lifelong gift of education. A leader in the transformational industry, Cynthia has penned two best-selling books, Unstoppable and Unstoppable Woman, of which I have one in my office right here, Mm -hmm. a collection of powerful stories and strategies from people who through perseverance and consistent action turns obstacles into personal triumph. And that's the best way that it comes from is our challenges when we turn those challenges and create something out of them. This is what this is all about. These books have motivated countless readers with over a half a million copies sold worldwide in 17 languages. Okay, when it first translates to another language, that's pretty cool when you see that happen with mm-hmm, your with mm-hmm. your Very Cynthia is an, yeah, an amazing, inspiring speaker, entrepreneur national columnist and contributing editor to success magazine and was a featured guest on the oprah winfrey show very cool i did not know that when oprah launched the angel network oh how appropriate that's so great cynthia is a member of the transformational leadership council an organization made up of internationally known thought leaders and educators including founder jack canfield who i know is a very dear friend of yours creator of the mega best-selling Chicken Soup for the Soul. Okay, Chicken Soup for the Soul. How many have heard of that book? I don't know. I don't think I've ever heard of it. There's millions all over the world. I'm kidding. Right. (laughs) One of the most famous. What? uh, One of the most famous series. Um, As an organization, they impact millions of people worldwide and through a rigid vetting process awarded the Unstoppable Foundation as their designated humanitarian organization to support in 2012. That's incredible. Cynthia's passion is showing how each of us can solve the world's most seemingly impossible challenges through simply individual actions. I love it. We know not yet the significance of our actions. Cynthia, thank you so much for being here. Well, it's great to see you, Michelle. It's been a while. So it's really lovely to connect with you. Yeah, so I know I shared your bio. I would love you to share your story of how you got started. I, uh, and, I, and then I'll tell you some little journeys along the way where our paths have crossed, but share a little bit of what got you where you are now. 
Yeah. Well, I think the most significant um, transition for me was really getting, um, understanding the power of giving. And, um, you know, I wasn't really raised that way, um, certainly in a generous family, but I didn't get the power uh, of what happens when we give. And basically, I had quit my job, cashing my entire life savings to write my first book, Unstoppable. My purpose was to inspire people to live unstoppable lives. I always love stories, you know, about people who overcame and uh, that it just gave me the strength and the strength of heart to keep going. So I um, got the book finished and uh, 18 months after the book came out, my 20 year marriage ended and I was devastated. And I called my mentor, who was the founder of Habitat for Humanity, Millard Fuller, and I told him what had happened. And he said, when you have a great pain in your life, you need a greater purpose. Wow. And I'm thinking, I'm already living my purpose, right? I left a corporate job. Um, you know, I, I, my purpose was to inspire people to, to live an, an unstoppable life. And yet that purpose was not bigger than my pain. Mm. So as I thought about it, he said, well, why don't you build a house for a family in need? And I thought, huh, how many houses would I need to build that offsets this pain in my life? And here I am a single mom living on a $14.95 book. I have a 17 year old, you know, teenager. Um, and I'd never raised money before. I'd never done a project, but it wasn't until the number 100 houses that that felt bigger than my pain. So I had wow. no idea how I was going to do it, but that got me going. And so that year while I'm healing and grieving and, you know, speaking in front of audiences with my eyes almost, you know, glued shut from crying the night before, um, you know, I think of those families that didn't have a simple, decent place to live. And that kept me going. And that year I raised $200,000 and I took 18 people to Nepal one year later uh, when I separated from my husband and we worked on the first three of the 100 homes that were subsequently built. And the thing about that experience, Michelle, is the whole time when I was raising money, I thought I was doing something great for these Nepalese you know, moms, dads, children. And of course it was great for them, but what I didn't expect was how great it would be for me. And not only did it give me a purpose, it gave me a reason to get out of bed, but that year I earned more selling a $14.95 book than I did earning a six figure income at Sprint Communications. Wow. And that was really the beginning of the journey for me of understanding the power of giving, integrating it more deeply into my life. And of course now I, you know, started a foundation and, you know, give all sorts of people the opportunity to give. And it's uh, been a very profound and humbling experience to be, to be able to do this. So amazing. And when we declare, when you declare that, and when something is bigger than us, and I'm sure it was scary too, but it's like that declaration. I, I, I think I was actually at an event that you spoke at and you declared that publicly for the first time on a stage that you were gonna do a hundred homes. Could be. Where that was? Could be. Wow, that's a long time ago. Yeah, yeah, could be. 
Yes. And then to see it come to fruition is pretty amazing. So, uh, and so what are the, what would you say are the top three things that help move you through any challenges that you've had to get mm-hmm. Well, the first thing is I, you know, I don't really do anything out of inspiration. That's my word. So when I'm choosing to do anything, number one, I have to be inspired to do it. I try not to do things out of obligation because um, when you look, not that I don't, but it's not what drives me. You know, many, many, I, I know a lot of people and friends and they are obligated. They feel obligated. They say yes to everything you know, and then they kind of resent it or they're, they're exhausted. They don't have any time for themselves. So when I talk about giving, I'm talking about giving from a place of inspiration, that spark, that thing that touches your heart, that thing that feeds you, that you give to, and it's generative, you know, versus obligation. So I think, you know, the first thing is really finding what inspires you and, simply being aware, you know, um, when I was invited to go to this rural African conference in Kenya, it was in November, I was busy, my second book came out, I was looking for what's that next philanthropic project I wanted to do, I get this invitation. And I felt like I should say yes. And the only thing I knew about this conference in Kenya, rural Kenya, mind you, was that women were coming to share their stories. And I just felt like it should be a yes. So I get a ticket, I fly over there and, you know, they put us in this dorm that, you know, I mean, that the hot water didn't work. The plumbing was a disaster. You know, we had like roaches walking around that are as big as shoes, but I, and mosquito nets. If you didn't have a mosquito net, they had holes in it, but I felt like I was in heaven when I was there. Wow. I'm not kidding. You know, it was like everything else kind of fell away as I connected with the women, as I heard their stories, as I saw their hearts. So, you know, you never know where you're going to be inspired. Maybe it's like you feel inspired to, you know, help buy buy a person's meal. I mean, gosh, there's so many people that have needs now, you know, look for where it is and and be in the moment with it. Maybe it's to let somebody get in front of you. It could be something very simple and in the line or who knows? I mean, if you're aware and open, there are all sorts of opportunities to give. So that's such a powerful message right now because we can get stuck in all the negative media, everything that's going on. If we just take a breath and I, 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 I'm going to continue to share this, this thought is that when we take a breath, then there's a chance to look around at the opportunities to be inspired, to take inspired actions and kind of go, and it doesn't have to be huge. I love that one. Just letting somebody in. What's the difference if they go ahead and wave? Like, you know, it takes a second. It doesn't have to be such a huge thing. And looking to be a blessing, you know, I even tell my, my team, it's like, look for how you can serve. How can you serve? How can you be a blessing? Because when you're a blessing, you know, you're the one that receives, you know, scriptures say, given it shall be given unto you. And what I've learned is giving activates receiving and you don't give to receive. If you give to receive, you're trading. Yes. There's nothing wrong with giving, you know, out of, you know, like lots of people trade in businesses, but it's not the highest level of giving. So when you give, knowing it will come back to you, it's like a law of the universe, 
you can be, you know, it's like, it may not come back through that person, but I know I will be blessed because that's just how it works. Yeah, totally. And then also the other part of that too, is being open to it coming back to you. Cause so many people, you know, can say, thank you. And you're like, Oh no, you know, or, you know, but to let that, like to let that come in too. Yes. That's really important to receive. Yeah. I've become a really good receiver because yeah. I'm a really good giver, right? And you can't be a good, you can't be a great giver if you're not a great receiver because yeah. you're blocking the flow either way and you're robbing the blessing. Let's say you give me something, you know, like, oh no, or let's say you give me a compliment. Oh no, it was nothing. Oh no. I'm like pushing your, your blessing away. Yeah. So it's like, you know, even if inside you're thinking, yeah, not really, but it's like being gracious, you know, allow that other person to receive that blessing of giving to you. So I think receiving is very important. And when it comes, it is a muscle. And the more you receive, the more you can give. It's like this generative and you can't be just a receiver and not give because you're blocking the flow. So it really is you know, two sides of the same coin. Yeah. And it feels so good on both sides when you just kind yeah. of let go and let it be. I had a, a little situation where I got that the other day because um, my mom, I, I can't see her that often because of everything that's happening. And, you know, when she does come over, I'm like, like, don't bring anything. I got it. I got it. And she's like, she just wants to bring something. She brought these brownies and I just kind of went, thank you because she wanted yeah. to contribute, right? It's like, no, 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 you don't want anybody to do anything. Like they want to be able to as That's much right. as we want to be able to. So very That's huge, right. I love it. Okay, so that was one, the inspiration. The three well, that's things. a big one. So, I mean, inspiration, giving, right? Looking for how you can serve, um, receive, you know, those are, there's many things in that being, being a gracious giver and a receiver. I think that's a big piece. Um, yeah. I mean, I mean, uh, to me, like a lot of my um, lessons are around that and especially values with my organization. Um, you know, I mean, we have, we have our, all of our values with the, uh, with our um, sorry, one second. Uh oh. Okay, my little chat room. There we go. I think we're muted. Sorry. There we there go. go. We're receiving some <laughs> gifts of. <laughs> um, I'm gonna go. Anybody who has questions in here can pop in. Yeah, uh, unstoppablefoundation.org. We're gonna put that up there. Yes, to see what you've created and the and and the ripple effect of it. So I want to ask you, is there ever a, a time where you just felt like, I don't know if I can keep going with this, mm -hmm. or I can't do this. And, and when there was, what helps you get past that? Yeah. Well, there's been a lot of times like that because, you know, how this, the foundation started was again, I went to that conference in Kenya. I fell in love with these women when I'm leaving, they're chanting these words. And I asked the interpreter, what are they saying? And she said, they're saying, please don't forget us. So here I am thinking, how am I going to solve all of these issues that, that, you know, the continent of Kenya has had for, you know, centuries. And I promised them that I would do something. And so I went home, I, start, I started to do some research, you know, and I decided that I would build a school 
um, with, uh, you know, a friend was having a, uh, you know, her son had a birthday and, um, he, no, he had for his bar mitzvah. It was Debbie Ford. I don't, did you know Debbie? Yes. Yes. So her son for his bar mitzvah, Bo, uh, asked people to raise money to build a school. And she encouraged me to kind of, I thought, oh, I think I'll do that for my birthday. So, um, we ended up, you know, raising $80,000 for my birthday, built uh, two schools in Uganda at that point, and then really got serious. And all along the way, I mean, I was a speaker, I was an author, I wasn't, I didn't run a humanitarian organization. I didn't really want to run an organization. Can you take over a few minutes? Yeah, I parked in the front. So. Oh, someone, can we turn off our back speaker there? Sorry, Cynthia, here we go. There, it's off again. Woo. Okay. So um, gonna... Yeah. So, I mean, you know, it's, oh my gosh, you're always put against your edge, your confidence, you know, your own self-image. And so, you know, oh my, in the very beginning, you know, it was uh, my belief in myself to do, you know, was like in this kind of a bucket versus all the other things you have to do to run an organization. And then maybe four years into it, I remember being so depressed and, you know, do you know Lynn Twist? No. Oh, anyway, she's quite incredible. And I was speaking with her. I was actually in a program that she was doing and just felt so discouraged and really felt like quitting. And, you know, she's like, well, everybody feels that way and just move through it. And I ended up getting a chairman of the board who was awesome. You know, so that person actually was able to help get all the financial systems in place. That's not my you know, expertise. Um, and then I started building a team and, um, you know, now we're looking, we're doing our due diligence to buy a college that we, you know, we're funding all the scholarships in Kenya. And now we're looking to actually run it. And again, initially when I thought about doing that, I'm thinking, we don't know anything about that, but you get, you know, you build a team and there are things that you can do uh, that you don't have to do it all. So that's another thing is I think my story over and over and over when I quit a six figure income, cash in my entire life savings to write a book, I'd never written a book. You know, only the only thing I'd ever written was a college term paper in my entire life. Didn't know that I could write a book, but I felt inspired to do it. So like, that's one thing, you know, then starting the foundation, no experience, but really listening to that longing and trusting, you know, having the courage to say yes. And one quick little story. Um, I remember years ago, years ago, probably 15 years ago, I was speaking at a Tupperware conference and my girlfriend, girlfriend went with me and it, uh, we went on a day off. We went to Chichen Itza where they had the pyramids. Yeah. And so when we went up the pyramids, it was really simple, like, oh, all these steps. And it was great. But then I turned around and there were no railings and this they're all right steps that were you know different levels and sizes and i have a, a fear of heights and i'm like oh my god like how are, how am i even gonna get down and you know we're kind of holding on to each other and we literally sit down and on our butts you know scrunched down and um, part of the way down, I look over and there was this guy and his wife who had gone to, they heard me speak at this Tupperware conference. And they're like, oh, look at Little Miss Unstoppable now, you know, kind of like 
playing with me. Uh And as I thought about that, I thought, yeah, that's exactly what it looks like to be unstoppable. Being afraid, sitting on your butt, like don't even know if you're going to make it out alive, but you've got the courage to do it anyway. Oh my God. I love that story. And what a great analogy because just when we have the courage doesn't mean we have all of our crap together to do it, but you're, you're doing it. You That's right. Up. And I love the analogy because it was one step. You had a vision to get up to see that. And then it's like, holy crap, look how far I came, first of all. Right. And then, you know, it is being unstoppable. It's, it's messy. It's like, it's yeah. not perfect. It's like, you know, it's, it's got its waves and turns and it's, it's going to test us. And mm-hmm. that's okay. That's right. Well, you know what I've learned too, and Michelle, it's all, it is all part of the journey. You know, it's not just getting to the top. It's not just, you know, achieving the goal. I'm sure you've, you've experienced that, you know, with your, with the Olympics and everything that you did. It's not about just getting a medal. It's like who you become in the process, yeah. you yeah. know? Yeah. So it's, yeah, it is. It, now I, I mean, I realize it, but certainly, you know, uh, when you're in it, you don't think about it because you're so focused on the goal, but it's really who we become. And then from that place, what else is possible? Yeah, exactly. And, um, and, and, and knowing that we can ask for help, mm-hmm. you know, and that's a big one that we're not doing it alone. Like having that, casting that vision, asking for help because there's going to be those valleys when it's like, we need the people around to pull us up. We don't have to do it alone. You know, and then that helps catapult to get us there. Right. Mm -hmm. And to, and it's far more fun together too. Like it's not, you know, Oh my gosh, totally. And I, in, in the beginning, like I used to be embarrassed, you know, like getting new board members. I thought people would see how much I don't have it together, you know, or getting new advisors. I thought, I felt like, oh my gosh, they were going to judge me because I was judging myself. Mm-hmm. And actually the opposite happened. They're like, oh my gosh, you're doing great. This is awesome. It was completely the opposite um, reaction that I thought would get. And, you know, it is that little part of us that thinks, oh, I don't know what I'm doing. You know, somebody else could do it better than me. Well, nobody else is doing it. And we all do it in our unique way. So, you know, and not do it. Yeah. And not worrying what other people think. What are they going to think if I don't know? What are they going to, you know what? It actually unleashes more potential for everyone else when we're real about what we share up with it disarms Mm -hmm. you know i i think she's still on here but my coach debbie mirror who was my olympic coach and uh, absolutely amazing one of the things that i that i appreciate and love and debbie um if you're listening to this too is that you know she was the best coach in the world and one of the things is that she knew she didn't know everything and she brought the best in. Like we were the mm-hmm. first ones to work with sports psychologists and exercise physiologists and push the envelope. She brought people in to help us be better. And she mm-hmm. had that vision. She had that vision and she had the vision to help us catch the vision before anyone else did. So when you are lighting the light, when anybody on here is creating a vision and casting that vision, you don't have to know what it looks like because we you can't possibly know what it looks like. Right. Have the courage to go and scooch our way there or jump in, but we need to at least get into it. So Mm -hmm. absolutely. Yeah. And you learn along the way. Yeah. 
Yeah. Mm -hmm. And not being afraid to have profuse scratches and bumps. So, you know, just encouraging everybody, you know, if you have an idea or a thought, talk about it and, mm -hmm. and get, get the support around you and, and be careful of the support because there are fountains and drains too. There's people that will say, no, you can't possibly do that because it's never been done. You know, so search out those that are going to help support you in doing it. Mm -hmm. You know, that's really important. When I wrote my first book, um, you know, I had these big visions, you know, I went to Mark Victor Hansen's, you know, write a best-selling book and, you know, all of that. So I had these big, huge visions. And I remember reaching out to different best-selling authors, um, asking for their opinions. And there were a couple of men that were very discouraging to me and my goals, right? They just, you know, I mean, I don't remember, it's, that's been 25 years ago. Uh, but then I called Marsha Weeder, who had written a book, uh, making your dreams come true. And she was encouraging, you know, so it's like people, uh, sometimes they're discouraging, not because they're, they they want to be negative, but they want to protect you, right? Mm -hmm. Because they don't see it for you or it's their, you know, limited like family members, you know, they feel, uh, threatened or maybe at risk if it's your husband or wife or, you know, whatever. So it's like, you, you, to your point, you do have to be very careful yeah. on who you listen to, especially in the beginning, because that can stop everything if you listen to the wrong counsel. And you have to follow your heart. Yes. Like if you get that knowing, you still have that, like go, there's way more ways to find it than that person right. that you think it needs to be, or, you know, um, it just, it's funny. It made me think of a little story. I've got four kids in my, when they were littler, they're all adults now. Um, and we were in this uh, field and there was ravines and there was this tree over this ravine and the three oldest got there ahead and ran over this tree. And by the time I got there, my little one was just going on the ravine, like going on the log. And it was everything as a mom to not say, be careful. If I would have said that, she would have probably like stopped and fallen. Yeah. She, she knew where she was going. She went. So like knowing when to, you know, be protective and knowing when to say, okay, you've got this, you know, and surround ourselves with, with those resources and keep listening to our heart. I kind of going, no, there's a way. There's always a way. hundred percent is possible. hundred percent of the time. We just get to be more resourceful and figure mm -hmm. out how we do that. So, so awesome. Um, I've been asking this question. Oh, Debbie, my coach was on here. She said, you remember Dr. Death? Everyone called him Dr. Death. We called him Dr. Savior because there was a reason why we were passing out. We needed to like, <laughs> try. I'll go into that story another time, but our sport is crazy strange because you're working out hard and holding your breath at the same time. So you have to really focus on what you want, not what's not there, like oxygen. Right. So, yes, it's a crazy sport, but amazing what we can do. It's amazing what our bodies can do and our minds can do. It's incredible. It's absolutely yeah. Incredible. What is it? We use you know fraction like you know less than ten percent of our yeah. brains and you know what we're capable of. So if we're not uncomfortable, we're not expanding yes. um, our capacity. So it's important to have people that really push you. Yes, and you know what? You said something there, big. If we're not uncomfortable, the world is uncomfortable right now because it's sitting in uncertainty. So when we take inspired actions, big or small, that's when we can start shifting out of this fear place that, you know, a lot of people are sitting in and mm -hmm. be there to listen to each other, right? Mm -hmm. To actually see each other and listen to each other and encourage each other and take those mm -hmm. big 
those baby steps. Okay, I wanna ask, I've been asking everybody, what would you tell your 12 year old self? Mm -hmm. um, well, you know, I think I was naturally a worrier, worried a lot. And I think I would tell her that, don't worry, things always work out. Things always work out. And I think about even in this, the pandemic, in the beginning of the pandemic, and you know, we're working in the Maasai Mara, it's one of our big, big projects in Kenya. And when we were talking about, you know, with the team, like what was happening, and they thought they were concerned that the, you know, the pandemic would hit them the most because they're the most at risk. And they're like, this could be biblical proportions. And I mean, I was terrified. And then I'm running a nonprofit and like, what's going to happen? Like this whole thing. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, but just stayed focused on what could we do today? How could we solve it? And then, you know, we ended up ordering a one and a half million meals. Our commitment, what I really said is, okay, whatever happens, I want all 17 of our communities to get through this. So what can we do? So they needed food. We got them emergency food. Our students graduated. Everybody lost their jobs. Okay, let's start a microloan program. So we did that. You know, and it was like, we just kept looking for um, the college, you know, all of our scholars, they had, they had to leave college. Okay, what's their needs? We had our facilitators, they went and they met with each one of them and looked at, okay, how can we support you? How do we bring it online so you can continue to feel connected? So, and then today, you know, we had our best year ever as a foundation. Our communities have weathered, thank you God, weathered through this through the generosity of people that have supported, you know, our ideas to say, you know, this is how we can help. This is what they need. You know, we wanted to make sure that they survived. Yeah. And so I think, you know, everything works out. And, and for me, it's trusting in the divine flow of life. I mean, and this might sound odd, but even when my mom had a stroke three years ago, I think it was three years ago, and I was with her and she was having her stroke. And I kept saying, mom, all is well, all is well. Like, you know, let's not panic, you know, and what does well mean? You know what I mean? That might sound weird for someone, but for me, it's like, I am trusting the divine flow of life and I need to be calm for my mother. I was actually yeah. shocked how calm I was. I thought yeah. I would be the opposite but it was very grounded and knowing all is well. And, you know, since then she passed, but still all is well, you know, this is like, we're not here for a very short period of time. And when you trust the divine flow of life, not to say it's easy, yes. not to say we want to argue against it, right? It shouldn't be this, that shouldn't have happened. It happened, you know, so for me, you know, just trusting in, and like I said, the divinity of things that happen and knowing all is well, like that is at another level of a belief system. Yeah. But I do believe that and it keeps me grounded. And, um, you know, something happened, oh, two days ago, something happened smaller, but it, it was important to me and it didn't go the way I wanted. So I had a moment of, ugh. And then I'm like, okay, I know it's a, it's a bigger thing, right? Something else either is protecting me from something 
or something else will happen. And something else unfolded that I would have never, that would have not happened had a door not been shut. I love that. So it's just, it's just that belief system, you know, that things work out, things will always work out. And they might not be what we thought and, and to be open to that. Cause when we resist it, we stop that from happening when it's like getting stuck in the shoulda, coulda, wouldas. And I'm saying that for me too, because that's our natural tendency when we let go of that or what could possibly be possible. And then I love your question of how, like if we just lived by this question, what can I do? Like we Mm -hmm. situation instead of being I'm stuck or this is, you know, okay, take a breath and what can Mm -hmm. I do? Right. And there's a lot to do. There's a lot you can do, right? And you can just do it. And this is a question too, for me is what's mine to do. Mm. You know, everybody has theirs to do. What's mine to do. Mm-hmm. And, you know, even like, you know, Kenya, you know, getting a college in Kenya, there might be some people thinking, why would you want to do that? You know, really? Are you sure you want to do that? No. But it's like, what's mine to do. And when you know, it's yours to do, I just feel it will all work out. And if it doesn't, I also believe it will all work out as it's supposed to. So, you know, I'm not a big one to push beyond, you know, like I want to be in the flow of life, not to say there aren't some little kinks, but if I'm really pushing and it's not happening, I take that as a sign that, that we need to step back. It's not flowing. Maybe that's a great great perspective because we can push too hard at some point, like, like again, stopping enough to say, am I pushing or am I, yes, because we need to take the steps like that, you know, the whole thing about the secret and yes, having that intention, but then we get to take the steps mm-hmm. when it gets to a point of kind of going, okay, is this actually what I'm supposed to be doing, you know, to let go of that mm-hmm. and, um, and, and to be open. So yeah, that's really profound. That's awesome. Um, I just saw it dropped in here, uh, the Unstoppable Foundation, because you have a gift for everyone as well, Cynthia. And can you share what that is that you have? Sure. On? So um, it just in keeping with this conversation, you know, I interviewed so many of my donors who are very successful, really asking them, how has contribution and giving and service impacted their life and their business? Because they're all big givers. Yeah. And so I think there's something we can learn from them. Um, so I've, I interviewed all sorts of fabulous people from, you know, uh, Jim and Kathy Coover, the founders of, um, gosh, uh, Isogenics. I mean, there's all sorts of, you know, Marsha Weeder, um, I think Marcy Shimoff. There's so many different people that really share how generosity um, has really impacted their life and their business. So I think any business person, um, if you're skeptical about this, you know, if you're like, or interested in it, I think you'll be inspired by what they've had to share. And they're not long interviews too. So we're easy, uh, digestible nuggets that you can use to inspire your life. Um, and really to understand that giving is really, uh, it's an honor, you know, and it really, it does, it activates all sorts of good in your life. So I encourage people unstoppablefoundation.org forward slash success. It's dropped in the chat box here. It's so great. And you know what, hearing the stories of inspiration, that's what keeps me going too. Is like, if I, it's just like, 
it inspires me when I hear other people's stories of what they're doing. And I love the part of giving. I remember, um, and I think you, I think we we met in LA at a, a, some event after we had done a trip to Mexico and my kids ended up taking a plane load of kids to Mexico and did some incredible work over there. And I just, I, there was a point where I got a bit overwhelmed by it because like you say, when you went to Kenya, like this is so big, how can yeah. it, how can I, make a difference. And I had a friend of mine, Rick Castiglione, that said, and don't let that stop you. Right. So, yes. And right. It's like, okay. And, yes, absolutely. Cynthia, mm -hmm. thank you so much. I'm just so honored to have you here. And it's so nice to catch up for a bit. You have been such an inspiration to so many. Um, I want to share with everybody that I want you to have the recordings of this so people can access the recording and present at the Proceeds is going to Meals on Wheels for seniors and mm -hmm. to Seniors Connect so they're not isolated, can use technology to not be isolated. And then you have, uh, you know, all these great tips and, and shares and the gifts from Cynthia in there too. So I'm so grateful to you. Is there any last thing you want to share? No, I mean, I, I, I think, you know, just again, you know, follow your heart, find what inspires you. What a great time to find this out right now. And it doesn't have to be a big, you start with where you are, with what you have and just be open to where you're guided. I love it. Inspiring. This is what it's all about. Inspiring possibilities. What can we do when we let go of fear of that perfection, feeling like we have to have it all figured out and uncertainty? That's the time to be jumping in. And that's how we create the confidence and that courage that comes from us doing so. Cynthia, thank you so much for joining us. I look forward to you joining me every week as I bring on new inspiring guests from around the world as they share their stories of inspiration and tools of how we can all jump in to our greater selves, make a splash and have fun in the process because we're in this together. Look forward to seeing you on the next one. Thanks for listening to Inspiring Possibilities with Michelle Cameron Coulter. Make sure to check the show notes for links and contact information for today's guest. Please subscribe, rate, and review the podcast and share it with your friends. Now go jump in.